the Jude 3 Project podcast. I'm your host as always, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude 3 Project. And today I have a very special guest, um, Sam Alberry from the UK. Welcome, Sam. Hi, good to be with you. <laughs> and Sam, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I work for a, a church here in the UK. I live about half an hour outside of London. Uh, I live just near Windsor Castle. That's the nearest kind of famous place. So, um, yeah, and and it's a nice hot sunny day here. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Thank you again for um, agreeing to um, be with us today. Um, I got introduced to you through your book, Is God Anti-Gay? I think I was on the Gospel Coalition's website or the, it might have been the Southern Baptist Convention for the um, ERLC um, component of, of them, leg of the Southern Baptist Convention. And um, I got introduced to you and saw your book, and I bought it, and I, I loved it. I read it um, in Mexico on vacation back in November. And um, so when we were going to do the series, Scandal, How to Get Away with Sexuality, I was like, I, I wonder if I could get um, Sam Alberry on. So I'm blessed to, that you agreed. Um, tell us kind of what inspired you to write the book. Um, well, it's, it's an issue I've been thinking through myself um, for a number of years, and I'd just begun to speak publicly about the issue. Um, uh, I'd shared a bit personally on the issue with my church. And really, the response to that had been quite significant. And, and I had a really very much a growing conviction that it would be good to write more on the issue, um, not least because it's personally, but that I, I was increasingly conscious that actually there were there were lots of Christians who needed strengthening in their confidence in the gospel at this very point. Um, and that the publisher asked me to, to do this particular volume. Um, it's part of a, a series they were, were doing on different questions. And uh, I, I, had, I had done a number of Q&A evenings at different churches on the issue. So I already had a sense of what the main questions were that, that people were asking and, and had already begun to think through how to answer them. So it seemed like a, a good a good format to write in. And um, as I was reading through this, through your book, this is your own personal struggle. Is that is that right? That's right. Yeah. So I've been um, as someone who's, who's who has experienced homosexual feelings really all my certainly all my adult life and, and a fair bit before then as well. Um, and th does that give you a different perspective? Do you think because I know um, a lot of different people that are writing on the subject it's not their personal um, experience. So it's kind of coming to some people who read it. It kind of comes from a place, well, easier said than done. You know, you don't understand my personal feelings. Do you feel like this kind of helps you um, to minister more effectively or to be more, to be received in a better way? I think it gives me a unique opportunity. So that there are plenty of folks out there who, who write well on this issue for whom it's not a personal issue at all. But I think it, it's uh, good for a number of us for whom it is a personal issue to, to throw our voice into the mix as well, because otherwise people could always come back and say, as you've just intimated, well, it's all right for you saying those things as someone who is heterosexual, happily married and all the rest of it. So I really wanted to give testimony um, from the inside of the issue, really just to say that God's word on this issue is a good word to us, and uh, it's it's a word Christians shouldn't feel coy about sharing with with the world around them. Mm -hmm. I know you said something interesting in your book that I thought was very um, 
good for people to understand because when somebody comes into church or you encounter somebody with same-sex attraction the initial response is to think that that's the biggest struggle in their life and you said um that you struggle with greed more than you struggle with homosexuality and so it kind of helps people to understand just because this is a struggle for a person doesn't mean this is something they think about all the time exactly and it's the headline issue in the world today and in the church today but it doesn't mean it's the headline issue in everybody's lives. So, um, you know, at any given day of the week, there may be any number of forms of temptation I'm struggling with more than homosexuality. I can assure you there are, are many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, there are seasons where, where it's particularly at the forefront of my mind and there are seasons when it isn't. Mm-hmm. So we, we mustn't think that just because a Christian struggles with this issue that it's the big struggle in their life. It may not be. And what was your just a little bit of your personal testimony of how you came to kind of deal with it or say, you know, how do you you fight it? Yeah, well, my my story is, I mean, I'm very thankful for for God's timing, really, because uh, it was around the time that I was beginning to finally realize that I was having these feelings. I'm I'm pretty slow. So it took a, a, a few years for me to to recognize what was going on in in my own feelings and it was around the same time that i was beginning to think okay this is this is homosexuality i'm experiencing Uh, it was around then that i became a christian so um i never really had the opportunity to to run with those feelings and to kind of pursue them Mm -hmm. outside of a christian framework um which is why i'm I'm very grateful to to god for the, the timing in that because i became a christian and very quickly picked up a kind of a, a Christian framework for thinking about marriage and sexual behavior and all those sorts of things. And right from the earliest days, that made sense to me. And so I've always been very clear in my own thinking and understanding, even as a very young Christian, that sex was only for marriage and that marriage was between a man and a woman. And therefore, any sexual feelings I might experience for another man would not be feelings that it would be appropriate to, to entertain or, or to, to try and act on. So that, that clarity I'm very grateful for um, and for the people who first taught me. Um, and that, that's always helped because it, it's, I've never, I've, I've struggled with obviously the desires that come from time to time, but I've never struggled over whether it's right or wrong or whether it's biblical or not that that to me has always been very very clear and so the battle for me hasn't been over is it right or wrong the battle has been how do i how do i say no to ungodly feelings and and seek to honor christ in this area of life and how how do you combat that is it just you know prayer reading accountability um continually reminding yourself what the word of god says or is it all all of it yeah it's it's a bit of all of it really um so so things that have particularly helped um it took me a long time to get to this point but but having christian friends i could talk to about the issue has made a huge difference for many years it was just a secret temptation that i didn't ever want anyone else to know about and we're not designed we're not designed to cope with those kinds of things on our own um you know, we know from the New Testament we need the fellowship of other believers to strengthen us, to help us. And so 
having people who know me well and know about my my experience of the issue well, that really, really helps because in times of particularly acute temptation, it makes a big difference to be able to pick up the phone to someone and, and say, you know, this is a tricky time for me, would love your prayers. Um, it helps enormously to be in that situation. And the other big thing that's helped me, obviously, has, has been the word of God. And and not just what you might assume would be the, the kind of pertinent passages for this this kind of issue. I'm, I'm very, um, you know, those, those are passages that have, have helped me in lots of ways. But actually, for me, the, the passages that most help me are not the ones that are directly about homosexuality, but the ones that are about the goodness and sufficiency of God. Mm-hmm. And so John 6, Jesus saying he's the bread of life, that that is probably the, the, the single verse that's helped me the most, because I know my feelings are telling me that actually I have a, I have a, a need that needs to be met in sexual intimacy with another male. Mm-hmm. And so actually to counter that with the word of God and say, now hang on a second, my, my deepest need and my greatest satisfaction is always going to be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually that, that helps enormously because then I'm, I'm answering a negative feeling with a positive truth. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying no, I'm saying no, there's something better. And uh, that helps enormously with any kind of sin if, we, if we're fighting it with something that we want even more than it. Mm-hmm. And I know in your in your book you were saying that um, sex, uh, one of the parts um, that I really enjoyed when you're talking about sex and how sex is is um, supposed to be in marriage, whether it's j- this is not just for you know homosexuals, this is for heterosexuals because heterosexuals are are p- promiscuous too, so that's kind of it's the same thing in a sense because all sin is the same. Uh, but you were saying that you compared it to a sticky note and you said that if I keep using a sticky note, it uses its, it loses its bond, um, its ability to stick because I've used it over and over again. And I thought that was that was um, a good point. Yeah, I mean, that that's the design for sex within marriage is to two people together to, to deepen and express a deep and profound union. So. Yeah, I, and I've seen that in, in ministry where I did student ministry for a number of years and to see the effect on young people of having multiple sexual partners, you, you realise they they gradually reduce their capacity to really give of themselves to another person. Mm-hmm. And so, hence, hence, in that sense, sex loses something of its ability to properly unite two souls together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, also in your book, um, I'm kind of just jumping around from the thoughts that I um, highlighted in your book. But also in your book, you said um, about you were talking about your experience with some of your friends who have struggled with same sex attraction. But also um, they were able to get they were were able to get married. And, and you've kind of reconciled that may not be your testimony. At what point did you kind of reconcile that? Was that something that happened along the way or? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of, uh, you know, that the, in one sense, I'm reconciled to whatever God wants being the case. I, I suspect I won't get married. I don't think I don't think it's likely. Um, I wouldn't rule it out simply because I wouldn't rule anything out when, when God is sovereign and I'm not. Um, but 
I, th- I think one of the things that's most helped me is, again, is marriage is not the solution to the problems of life. It's a it's a wonderful gift of God. We know it's not a gift he he chooses to give to every one of his people. And we know that singleness, too, is a gift from God. And so there's a part of me that would love to be married. But I also recognize that the situation I'm in as a, as a single person is just as much a blessing mm-hmm. in other ways as as marriage. And I think one of the things I I, I learned along the way, I, I did go through a little season of being quite um, unhappy with God about that. But I, I remember thinking, actually, the, the key is not that I... I, I make myself love singleness more than marriage. The key is that I find my contentment in Jesus as a single person. Because if my contentment is in Jesus, actually, I can live with being single or I could live with being married, but neither becomes ultimate, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So actually that, that, that just helped me to get a bit of uh, perspective. And, and certainly over the years, I've, I've been able to, I've been able to capitalise on being single. It's given me some wonderful opportunities for for ministry and friendship um, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I I can see how it's been a blessing to have opportunities I wouldn't have had if I was married. And as a you're you're an associate minister there at your church, correct? That's right. Yep. How has your congregation reacted to your personal um, personal struggle? Has it been challenging? Uh, I was going to say they, they've been great. I mean, I really could have um, asked for more. Um, so it was it was about two or three years ago now that I first shared the issue with them. And um, I mean, I was fairly confident that I knew that the congregation well enough and that they knew me well enough that it, it wouldn't sort of be a big issue. And it hasn't been. It, it's been lovely. Um, the, the initial response was um, overwhelmingly one of, appreciation that I would share that one of wanting to support and encourage me as, as, a, as a Christian to be faithful and then the other thing I, I really loved is that actually it was back to business as usual pretty quickly um, it, it hasn't defined how people see me um, although I've, I've done a lot of ministry on this issue I don't do much on this issue at my own church I'm, I'm preaching on other things every week and so it doesn't define how they see me, and that that's important because they're my family, and I mm-hmm. it, it doesn't define how I see myself. And so it's um yes, it, they've been great at being very very supportive, very uh, very encouraging to me, but at the same time, they haven't kind of made this the issue that it's not the lens through which they see me either. That's a blessing. Um, how would you encourage people to? Well, how would you instruct people to? deal with someone who says, hey, I have same-sex attraction. What are what are the things that we should be sensitive about? What are the things that we should be saying? Should, I, I know you said don't make it the primary issue when talking to someone in your book. Yeah, so th- th- there are a number of things we can do if, if someone shares that with us. Um, I think we need to assume it probably wasn't an easy thing for them to share. So if somebody does share that with us, I think we want to bear in mind that's a very personal thing to have been shared with us and it's a it's a privilege for us to know something that personal about someone else whatever whatever the issue might be so i think we want to kind of acknowledge that and 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 maybe express gratitude to them for for sharing and trusting us with something like that 
Um, I think the other thing is don't assume too quickly, and I'm assuming the other person here is a Christian, don't assume you know what will what will most help them just yet. Um, I always think whenever anyone shares anything remotely personal, um, that the best thing to do actually is just to ask lots of questions and, and hear their story, hear how they are, hear how they are finding the issue, how they're dealing with it, and actually having a, a good listen will then help you to begin to get a sense of, of what encouragement and help and support they might need. Some people are very, very clear on what the Bible says and don't don't need to be walked through that again and again. They just need someone to, to pray for them, to encourage them, to, to help them to be faithful. Other people are fuzzy on what the Bible says. And so what they will need is a bit of clarity, perhaps, and, and a bit of a bit of instruction in, in the scriptures. Um, other people will will say that this is an issue they face, but actually the, the, the biggest struggle for them with, with same-sex attraction might not be dealing with sexual temptation, but dealing with loneliness. And so the more we listen and get a feel for how life is for them, the more we will get a sense of of how we can be a blessing to them. So I'd, I'd, I'd encourage anyone in that situation to... Uh, to borrow a phrase from a, a lovely man at my church, to give them a thoroughly good listening to before kind of swooping in there with, with particular responses. Mm-hmm. And you have um, some, you have a ministry called, um, is it Living Out Loud? Uh, just Living Out. Living Out. We're, okay. we're, not, we're not particularly okay. loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so basically there, there's a, a remarkably... Um, there was a whole there's a whole gang of us over here who were already friends and and one or two of us started to share that this was an issue for us and and others it turned out it was an issue for them as well and yet we already knew each other we were already friends with each other most of us are, are in pastoral ministry of one kind or another and we thought well it, it's an extraordinary provenance of God that we've already got these pre-existing friendships and yet we share this issue in common and so we try to think what could we do that might be of, of use to others on this. And we, we landed on the idea of uh, setting up a website primarily to give an opportunity for us to tell our stories. And so our website is livingout.org. And at the heart of it really is, is, is our testimonies, each of us wanting to share our narrative of how we've found this issue, how we've come to see the Lord's goodness to us um, in the things that he says in the, in the Bible, really. And we're, we're hoping to add more stories to that. We're, we're conscious that all the stories so far are, are from British men. And we've, we've got some um, non-British, non-men um, lined up to share their stories as well in, in due course. And we're, we're very excited about that. And there's other articles and things there as well. So um, we, we just felt primarily that the world has lots of narratives and stories about people embracing a homosexual identity and lifestyle. And we wanted to show actually there's a different kind of narrative out there. There's there's the narrative of God's people who who can taste the goodness of God in his word, even when it's a word that says no to us at times. Amen. Amen. And I've been to the website. It's some great um, videos and articles on there that are helpful resources. So I'd encourage our listeners to definitely go to living livingout.org um, and get connected to that and hear hear the um, testimonies and read the resources. Um, 
the last question I want to ask you, Sam, is um, obviously last Friday, same-sex marriage became legal in the United States, and you said that it's been legal in the UK for a year. Um, what? Are yeah, a year or two. I can't remember precisely how long now, but yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to, I know you said you're not sure the effects yet, but how has, can you see anything change in the last year in the UK? Um, it, it, yes, yes, th th there have been some changes that are, that are already um, very much apparent and other changes are, I think will be far more gradual. But the kind of, the initial change that has been most obvious is how the cultural assumption now is that this is this is self-evidently, intuitively a right thing, same-sex marriage, and it becoming legal and recognised in law, I guess has reinforced where culture was beginning to go already, which which basically means that um, the default settings have changed. You know, a generation or so ago, the default settings all would have been well, marriage is obviously man and woman now the default settings have totally changed marriage now is is any two people who who love each other so there's there's been a big cultural change that was already well underway before it became legalized but the legalization has kind of given that official recognition if you like which just means as 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 christians now um we have to work a lot harder at, at explaining and commending our view and not just stating it um, it's not enough just to say this is what we believe. We need to try and find a way of of showing the goodness and, and truth of what we believe. That's been one change. The other change that is 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 not not as readily apparent um, is how this will affect um, our religious liberties. Um, we were, we were given assurances as the law came in that that, um, that for Christians we wouldn't be. Uh, for Christian pastors, we wouldn't be obligated to conduct same-sex marriages. Um, uh, measures were put in place to, to kind of protect our, our conscience on that issue. Um, we're just beginning to, to have that tested. Um, it was just actually yesterday in the news I noticed that there is a, um, a gay couple who are, are suing a, a Church of England church for not being able to get married there. So it will be interesting to see how that particular case plays out because that will be the first time that law has been tested and, and tried in that particular kind of way. Um, we, we have to be open to the fact that assurances were given at one point may disappear at another point. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens on that front. Um, but at the moment, the kind of the legal cases that have happened about Christians versus gay rights have gone in favour of, of gay rights. Um, so we, which I think has been the case in, in, in America as well. Um, so it, it feels like it's, it's gotten harder to be a Christian mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. Um, but I think by the very same token, I think it, it actually means that we will, we will I think have greater opportunities to witness um, as culture moves further away from a, a kind of Christian framework. It'll it'll make Christian living more distinctive. So I think it will get harder for us. I think it will get harder for for you as well in, in America. 
But I think God will use that. Um, uh, you know, the, the New Testament norm is that we are aliens and strangers, that, that people accuse us of doing wrong in 1 Peter, and yet we can live in such good ways and, and commend ourselves in such a way that actually we can bring glory to God. Amen. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with, Sam? Um, I, I would just keep coming back to Jesus. Um, you know, th- this issue is not primarily about particular verses in Romans and 1 Corinthians 6 that relevant those they, though they are. Um, the issue is always about do we trust Jesus? Is he enough? And is he good? And, you know, the experience of, of Christians in my situation is, is that Jesus is, is more than sufficient. And uh, therefore, we, you know, our, our culture may be making an, an idol of sexual partnerships. But as, as Christians, we know that the ultimate joy and satisfaction comes from from knowing Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sam, so much for um, agreeing again to be on the podcast with us. Um, again, you could get Sam's book. It's God Anti-Gay on Amazon dot com. And you can check out his ministry um, living out dot org. Thank you again, Sam. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to be with you. All right. um, thank you for listening to the Jew3 Project podcast. As always, you can check out all our past episodes and information about the Jew3 Project at www.jew3project.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Jew3Project, on Instagram at Jew3Project, and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Jew3Project. And don't forget to tune in next week.